Damian Pringle, and this is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty. We help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this episode, we'll explore learning about loyalty by discussing where loyalty professionals can turn to find out more about our fascinating industry. To help me with this, I'm joined by a panel who all play a key role in loyalty education. So please, could I welcome Paula Thomas from Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi, Paula. Hi, Ian. Great to be here. Thank you. And, uh, and Adam Posner from For Love or Money. Hi, Adam. Um, hi, Ian. And uh, Graham Thompson from the Loyalty Academy. Hi, Graham. Morning, Ian. And we're all calling in from all sorts of places in the world. So, Paula, you're in, is it Dubai or Abu Dhabi? You're in Dubai, are you? I'm in Dubai, UAE. Brilliant. And Adam, you're in Australia? Melbourne. Yep, Melbourne. Brilliant. And Graham, you're in New Zealand? New Zealand. Fantastic. So thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a bit tricky getting a time when we could all make it. So just to start us off tonight, could you just give a brief introduction to yourselves and just talk about your loyalty learning journey and where you where you learned most about loyalty within your career? So um, Paula, do you want to kick us off on that one? Sure, Ian. Yeah, so I have three, I suppose, at times that I've been in loyalty. The first one was actually I joined Emirates Airline as head of e-commerce, would you believe, back in the year 2000. So 22 years ago, uh, tasked with driving online bookings. And the easiest way to do that actually was to incentivize the behavior using Skyward Smiles. So that was a real learning. And separately then, I joined O2 Priority and ran that in the Irish market. So negotiating exclusive partnerships for telcos. And then I guess uh, about three years ago, started the the Let's Talk Loyalty podcast. So certainly an ongoing learning journey for for now. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, Adam? Yeah, my, my loyalty began in 1993 um, when I did a little promotional uh, program for, for shopping centers. It was called Scratch and Save, uh, which basically collected uh, discounts for, for customers to come and shop in at, uh, at retailers and then we'd collect their data. So loyalty began for me in 1990s with a concept that I developed called Scratch and Save. And from there, everything just exploded uh, till today. As you know, I am uh, in love with my research study for love or money. Perfect. And uh, Graham? Uh, I started a few years prior to uh, Adam, and I won't be uh, quite concise what that is, but I actually uh, got involved in the loyalty industry by default. Uh, I owned a travel company, and uh, from my university days, and I'm sidetracking here, is that I enjoyed the subjects of uh, strategy and strategic marketing and also entrepreneurship. And the business was centred mainly around corporate travel. So we, we evolved into incentive travel really to try and drive relationships and reward in a very loose fashion with our customers. And that uh, turned out to be a profound success. So I took a, a stronger interest in not just incentive travel, but also how do we evolve into loyalty. So I really got into it by default rather than by design. I think that's how many of us got involved in uh, many years ago. Yeah, similar to me. I mean, I started mm. off, I was a, I was a, a professional geologist, or at least at least qualified as a professional geologist. But then the price of oil when I left university was $12 a barrel. It seems a bit ridiculous <laughs> now. <laughs> you better go back. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I, called the, I called the temp agencies and started working for Shell in the, in the oil industry, thinking that, that might get me a job as a geologist. But actually, I just started off working in the, in the, in the loyalty department after they just launched a loyalty program. And uh, and then just sort of fell into it from there. But exactly the same as you, Graham. You know, I wasn't really 
wasn't really uh, looking for that. I just fell into it that way. But then my, my I think there's been, similar to you, Paul, there's been several times in my career where I've learned a lot about loyalty. The first was obviously in that first, in the first few months of Shell Smart when it was a brand new program, brand new coalition in the UK. And we obviously learned a lot, especially about multi-branding and coalition programs, which are, are, are rock hard because you've got so many different stakeholders. And um, that, was, that was a real baptism of fire that we learned a lot from. And I guess the, the next big one was at, uh, was when I joined um, Air Miles, which has now become Avios, where I was had various roles. But one of the roles was head of Insight, where I had an Insight team and a research team. And that was like having all the sweets in the sweet shop, because, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a trained scientist, I had a team of people that could answer questions for me, which was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then within that role as well, we had shared experiences. And I've speak, spoken to Phil Hawkins about this from Flybys in Australia previous, uh, since then, is that was a great learning curve because we used to get together as a group of organisations that were sort of born out of Keith Mills. So there was, there was Air, Air Miles Canada, Flybys in Australia, in the mid, uh, Air Miles in the Middle East, Air Miles Spain, Air Miles Netherlands. We used to get together every now and again and just compare notes. And that was really a massive learning curve because it was a bit like a self-help group in that you felt that all your problems that you had were actually shared problems that everyone else had. And I think that I think that's a common theme that will come out of this is that is that we we're in a global market and actually we all have the same we're all wired up the same way and what what works in the UK or work in the UAE or work in New Zealand. And um and there's no such thing as you you, you know, every day is a school day. You can learn all from everyone around the world. And and then going back to Ian, what you said before, if you don't mind me, our difficulty was where do we get knowledge? Where do we get information? And look, we were hanging on by the skin of our teeth to actually call ourselves loyalty professionals. We struggled, but we got there. And it's an evolving industry. And uh, heaven forbid we stop learning about the industry, because if we do, we'll come to a grinding halt. We're it's uh, there's an opportunity out there but we talk about education today we should be looking at educating ourselves for the future as well i get that completely because um when you're working for a brand especially um paula we've both worked at avios or, or british airways there's people in airlines that work for the same organization for 20 30 years um and they only see one program and it's very difficult to learn about loyalty when you're only seeing one program when around the world there are thousands of programs and I now work, luckily love to work with lots of programs and they're all different. I mean, Adam, you're the same too. You work in lots of programs and yeah, yeah, I, I mean, they're all different. Totally. And, you know, that's like a Smarties, pack of Smarties uh, or Skittles, whichever country you're from. So, uh, you know, just seeing the variety of loyalty structures and strategies and execution. And it's interesting, Graham, when you talked about uh, knowledge and insights uh, for, for now, and for the future, and just a little anecdote, I just ran a panel here in Australia at a retail conference, and one of the questions I asked all the loyalty marketers, I said to them, if we're sitting in the same stage in five years' time, what will we be talking about? Absolutely agree. And it all, and it, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So going back, if I look, and sorry, Ian, if I'm sidetracking, but going back to my early days, it was travel or trinkets or whatever the rewards are, but loyalty is such a diverse beast now. It's a, it, not what it was and what we even visited. It's data analysis, it's customer behaviour. And the frightening thing in my experience in many clients' cases, they didn't understand their loyalty program. So it's up to us yeah. to understand and keep them abreast. And we have that moral responsibility to keep the program on track so, so therefore we've got to be on track 
Yeah. Mm. No, I, I, absolutely. Next question. So, how? What can you talk about yourself and your role within sharing knowledge within the industry? So, Paula, would you like to start us off on that one? Brian, yes, and and I suppose just to support what you said, um, for me, somebody nailed it recently. Actually, I interviewed the head of Microsoft Rewards, and I didn't even know Microsoft had a loyalty program. Actually. But um, Adam Grupp there is the director, and he said, loyalty is a lonely business. And I actually really resonated. And it's one of the reasons that I wanted to start, you know, my podcast. And it's super nice to be talking on yours, Ian, and obviously you'll be coming on mine as well shortly. But I suppose the, the insight that I felt was that sense of loneliness. And what I always wanted as a practitioner, Ian, was I wanted insights from people like me. And because at the time I was based in Ireland, I wasn't really able to get to some of the big global conferences, but I had that hunger for knowledge. And I just had this idea, I wish I could ask people, you know, really what they're doing, why they're doing it, and get under the skin of, again, from a brand perspective. And I was listening then to Seth Godin, I don't know if you know the uh, the famous marketeer, and he was talking about, first of all, the power of the human voice. It really creates a sense of intimacy and trust and education. And I went, actually, do you know what? That's what I want. I want that level of insight from brands who are running loyalty programs. So I started my show, similar time to you, Ian, back in 2019. And the objective that I still have is talking to the leading brands around the world, finding the person who's leading that loyalty strategy and asking all of the questions that I'm allowed. Of course, I'm not allowed to ask about the PL or some of the more sensitive things, but I love to get the inside track on what are you doing that you're proud of, that's working, or of course, what would you never do again? You know, if you were if you were to start all over. No, it's, it, yeah, I, and I, get, I and that certainly comes through from listening to the podcast as well. It really does. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, and what I love, I suppose, as well, Ian, is the diversity of sectors because you know you talked about Shell. I've had Shell on the the show, British Petroleum, and um, but loads of airlines. But to even find the common threads that go through. Because again, loyalty is a discipline, and to Graham's point, it's it's a it's a profession now. So we can take all of the insights and translate them from one sector to another, which is actually why I always wanted to be a consultant because I have a very short attention span. So I always wanted that opportunity to kind of challenge, criticize, or learn from other people. So very rewarding, I have to say. Well, like me, Paula described as good in small doses. <laughs> very good yeah exactly um, Graham would you like to go next how about the Loyalty Academy I, I just want to go back a step and going back to where I came into uh, the world of loyalty and, and understanding that it was an exciting industry what little I knew about it and I was like probably like a little child flapping around with my arms in any direction saying help help um, I'd heard of the loyalty guide the wise marketer and down in New Zealand the, the information was pretty limited, so I attended a, um, a course at Oxford University where I had the pleasure of meeting the likes of Mike Atkins and Bill Hanavan and uh, Mike Capizzi, and uh, what an illustrious bunch of guys it was to have a week with them, uh, both during the day and during the evening. But from that, if I was more formal in, in understanding what loyalty was about, but there's a lot to learn about loyalty, and a week on loyalty just just barely scratches the surface and coming back to New Zealand uh, it just reinforced that I wanted to know more about this beast and it was a beast it's it had many years it had many opportunities but 
without knowing what they were because you're simply going through that level of incubation, trying to suck up knowledge, trying to learn. And I think what I experienced is no different to what many young people are looking at. And I go back to the point we, we touched on early on. It is a profession, but it's a career. It's not just loyalty now. It's about, as we talk about data, it's about customer behaviour, it's about a whole bunch of elements that make up loyalty. And it's in our best interest to be professional in what we deliver and how we deliver. It's our value set. If we screw up as a loyalty provider, we're putting a blemish on our profession, not just our brand. So it's in our interest to share knowledge and gain knowledge. So the evolution of the... The Loyalty Academy came out at about 2015. It was a shared concern that Mike, Bill and uh, myself had really spoken about and talked about. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of the early days of it. And it's evolved and it's developed. And certainly in, in recent years, uh, it's really blossomed. And I've been encouraged with the, the energy that's gone out and also the energy that's coming in. We now have over 300 graduates throughout the world. We're in something like about uh, 29 countries. And we have programs coming out in um, uh, group programs in Mumbai, shortly in India. Uh, we're now entering into the China market. Uh, we've got a graduate from Egypt. So it is global. And so from, from our perspective, it's been a huge investment. It's, it's not just the vision, but it's the energy. And I applaud the team that have put it together. But it's also the response from the industry that are now garnishing it and saying, yes, we can learn and how can we learn to go forward in a very concise, low-cost, principal way. And that's what the Academy is about. Certified and, and how, and how long how long is the course and uh... well the course um, has 15 modules and it can either be taken as a group or block or as individuals and if it's an individual an individual can take as long as they like or as short as they like and Paula you've experienced that I think you were an online yeah. graduate uh, yeah, I, I'm, you... I'm one as well and proud to have my CLMP status uh, oh, thanks, against Anna. my name so there we go thank Thanks very much. So we, we get a mix of people in terms of the request. I personally endorse the, the, um, the group dynamics, and it's a little bit what we're talking about. It's education is learning from not just what we suck up from books or elsewhere. It's learning from others. And it's also making mistakes, Ian, and you talked about making mistakes before and challenging and questioning. That's all we've got to learn in loyalty because it's still evolving. It's still new. And if we ever think it's a mature industry, we're stuffed. We've got to keep evolving it. We've got to keep growing it. And so likes of yourselves and that that's going to help evolve this and take it to another level. Whatever that level is, I don't know. But if we don't continue to strive and and evolve it, our customers are going to think, well, is this a mature marketing tool that we really don't need anymore? Um, yeah. No. I, and, uh, and Adam, how about you? Yeah, it's an interesting here. Both uh, um, Paul and Graham talk about their journeys. And mine also is a different kind of loneliness, and not from other people, but from consumer insights. So uh, I've been a data guy since the 90s and uh, direct marketing guy all the way through. And because data is such a foundation to loyalty and loyalty programs fundamentally, um, I'm struggling to find insights that are not bespoke or in a silo belong to a brand, which, you know, only you get to see when you work with that brand or business or in that brand or business. So 
I woke up one day and wondered, you know, what are, what cons- what are consumers, especially in Australia, what do they think about loyalty and loyalty programs? And uh, I, and from that, just one day, I thought, well, let me do some research. Let me commission some independent research uh, with Australian consumers on loyal customer loyalty versus loyalty programs, because they are very different. And we can have a whole podcast on the difference between loyalty and loyalty programs another time. Um, so I, I initiated my first research in 2013. And in fact, today, this this year is the 10th anniversary of For Love or Money. Um, and now also in New Zealand as well, every two years. And it's just been a benchmark insights uh, for me to learn. So you talk about learning from others. I learn from my research study. It makes me incredibly curious. I'm very hungry, very hungry for, for, for what consumers think, what, you know, the customer out there. You know, where is loyalty going? Where's data going? Where's privacy going? Where's technology going? And it's the insights from consumers that I'm, that, that I'm fascinated by. And so I've got a bit of a mantra now for the For Love or Money study, which is to continue to identify consumer insights, to inspire loyalty marketers, to take action, to, to lift their loyalty assets out of the sea of sameness. Programs need to really lift themselves up and be far bigger across the business. Or as I quote at various comments, I always say, you know, loyalty programs shouldn't be a marketing work in progress item. They should be a boardroom agenda. So how do we get them to the boardroom? How do we lift loyalty programs by definition into the into the boardroom? And so that's my passion point and and my education to the to the world around or the world. The the report's been downloaded by hundreds of people around the world, but it is Australian New Zealand centric. But um, yeah, that's that's the story, Ian, and and why I passionately uh, put so much money, time, and energy into the study every year. Yeah, it's an it's like some piece of work. And can I cross over and, and go back to Adam's comment? The fact that more often than not, a loyalty program, from my experience, does not get to the board level is frightening. Yeah. And often it doesn't even get to CEO level. Um, and the problem within the corporate sector is the tenure of the individuals running the loyalty program and the application and interest and the risk to the business and if going back to adam's comment if it go to the board and the board understand the value set of what a loyalty program a comprehensive loyalty program will offer that business they would be staggered i i totally agree to in fact and I, and I see it all the time in fact what of our we're often employed to come in by by management teams who don't understand why they have a loyalty program and what it does for them, yep. and I love yep. those projects because. Yep. Um, and don't get me wrong, we shut some down, but equally we've improved a lot as as well because, um, you know, it's uh, it's it, yeah, you have to start from first principles and say what is it delivering, hundred percent. And I think so many brands don't know what it delivers, especially airlines, actually, where airlines have loyalty programs because they have to have a loyalty program, and I I know very few airlines that actually have ever asked. Actually, is the loyalty program doing anything for our customers? Because they won't know. They'll they'll have an airline pro- program because they're in an alliance. Well, um, they often often they do it simply because a competitor's doing it. So we'll have yeah. a loyalty offering. Yeah. But in the case of airlines, more often than not, it's probably more profitable than selling a ticket. Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent. And my mine's my role slightly differently. So I think it was interesting you describing it as being a lonely industry. I found it a bit opposite of that in that I'm a talker and love talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and I love the theory. I love the, the things I love most. In fact, Graham, you said it yourself. Um, you people go into loyalty as a as a job. I think it's the best job in a company. It really is because you've got all that. You've got the you know the customer. You've got the data. Often a combination of customer and data means that you can speak truth to power. You have an understanding of what the customers want and how they're re- interacting. And there's also no right or wrong answer. There's no scientific method to measure the, the, the impact of loyalty, or at least it varies from company to company. So there is no right or wrong answer. There's, a, there's an indication of what the value you're adding. And I absolutely love that. As a sort of trained scientist, I love that slight uncertainty and the, and, and the measurability of it. And uh, I could talk for hours about it. Um, as I did once in an interview, um, Adam with Alan, Alan Lias, um, <laughs> yes. he once interviewed me and the, the person from HR was there and she was saying, so how do you, why do you love so loyalty so much? And Alan and I spent an hour interview just telling her how brilliant the job was. <laughs> <laughs> but Ian, Ian, but, um, Ian going, back to, going back to what you're saying, loyalty has a tentacle on every part almost oh, of a business heartbeat. Yeah, yeah it's what the heartbeat part of the company. Touch? Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you evangelize about it, you can get right into that C-suite and tell them Absolutely. things that they didn't know. And it's, it's a fascinating subject. And, and again, it, it, there's no end to it either. I mean, 10,000 hours doesn't even scratch the surface of what you can learn about loyalty. You know, I mean, 10,000 hours, what, six years? Well, I've been in it going at 20, 20 years, 20, 28 years nearly. And I learn every day about loyalty, you know, a new thing about how it, how it works and all that stuff. So, you know, there's no end to it. And and again, going back to the loyalty podcast, what I do is I was recently le- listening to um, Jimmy Carr, who actually, funny enough, I started. He's a comedian in the UK globally, um, Jimmy Carr. And I started with him at Shell, actually. And in his recent podcast, he's now a very famous comedian. He's he's written a self-help book where he talks about you're best with the people you you know best. You know, so you're you're your best self with your friends. And I think that comes across on our podcast, Adam, isn't it? That we all get on and we have friends that we really trust and also can learn from with all many years of experience. And I think we we just love talking about loyalty. And I think that's really the essence of the of the loyalty podcast. We t- we pick a subject and talk about it in depth and we love it. And I think and I hope that comes across. And so what we talked about each of those, so we talked about podcasts, we've talked about the, the, the college and we talked about um, research. Is there any other sources of information that you say? I mean, um, Graham, you talked about the wise marketeer. I think that's an excellent source of information. Um, are there any sources that we sort of have on our fingertips that we go to all the time to check about loyalty and what's happening? Ian, one I'd love to throw in, and I think Graham's certainly doing some work, but the Loyalty Science Lab out of the US. Um, so Yuping Lu Tompkins is another CLMP. Um, she's also been a guest on Let's Talk Loyalty. And I had no idea, Ian, the depth of, first of all, academic interest in the profession of loyalty. And it's Old Dominion University is where she's running that lab and just coming up with some extraordinary insights. So I would definitely recommend if you can maybe link to Yuping, for example, in your show notes, Ian, um, the Loyalty Science Lab is a huge source. And again, as a CLNP, she's somebody I think who's very receptive to connecting with people and uh, answering questions and making sure that academic research, which incidentally is also very closely connected to the private sector, so they have a whole advisory board themselves that are listening to industry to understand exactly like we've just been talking about, particularly, you know, things like the profitability of loyalty. How do we measure it? Who measures it? All of those very complex questions is now really getting taken very seriously at an academic level. So I definitely would recommend that one. 
Yeah, that's a great recommendation. So they do put out some very fascinating papers and studies and 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 cross analysis across years and years of data. So um, yeah, it's it's a good resource um, as well. Um, I, I've got a little tip for everybody if they want maybe one of my own secret sources uh, of where I get my tips from, which is I just put, I've got Google alerts, loyalty loyalty programs. Anything with the word loyalty, and every single morning I've just got to trawl through hundreds <laughs> just to see, and I'll always get something. So you know, yeah. you can be feeding, be fed by just that little that little tip from around the world every single morning. Yeah, no, I do the similar thing as well, um, and also conferences. Although conferences are are in a little bit of limbo at the moment, so there are some great loyalty conferences. Um, I know that the Global Flight one, they definitely have one in Madrid in October that's planned for 10th and 12th October. That's an excellent conference. And because it does awards as well, I often find that awards are a good place to look for inspiration about um, what the cutting edge stuff is happening in loyalty. So there's also the Loyalty magazine and their awards, which are coming out in the summer too. Um, They're both excellent sources. Um, There's then the Loyalty Summit, um, which is something that comes out uh, regularly. There's one in Chicago in June. Um, and there was the mega event, but I'm not sure whether they've announced anything recently. I couldn't find anything online. Um, but all of those conferences are excellent. And I'll just add one for some friends of mine in Ireland, actually, Ian. So um, they're running the Global Loyalty Summit, which is a, a new version online of the Irish Loyalty Summit, which is only in, I think, its third year. But uh, surely, sure, it'll be available on demand as well. But just to give uh, my friends in Ireland a shout out, that's another one to look for. I, I love the loyalty awards in, in Ireland. I went there, I was lucky enough to go one, one year. And it's the only awards that they start giving out the awards at about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, looking at watch going, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is, it is a great, it's a great event. Sorry, Ian, one other source within the Loyalty Academy for members is we had what is known as the Vault and the vault uh, consists of white papers, presentations, um, and it's a comprehensive library of uh, antidotes within the loyalty world, and that's certainly well worth uh, recommending or having someone, if they're looking for information, it'd be well worth going there. Oh, great tip. And then, of course, there's the books, and there's there's, there's three books I always I, I have actually on my desk now, um, and they are the Scoring Points, um, which is Clive Humby, T- Tim Hunt, Tim Phillips. Yep, is, I got yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, I'm just reaching well. for his. Yep. There we are. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Now, if you haven't read it and you're a loyalty professional, read it, right? Because it's a good read and it'll only take you a weekend. And it's 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 a cracking. It, it, it's it's like it reads like a thriller anyway, right? And then the Loyalty Leap by Brian Pearson. Um, is a great, great piece of work too. It has loads of examples, and um, and and Brian is the is one of the best guy, one of the best guys in the world, I think, on on loyalty. He's he would be in my uh, in my lifeboat if I ever had to, had to need a lifeboat with someone. It would be uh, it'd be Brian. <laughs> and then of course there's Frederick Reichelt. You 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 interviewed him recently, didn't you, Paula? He's a legend in loyalty. He is absolutely, that's the word I have. So most people don't know his name, Ian, so thank you for for mentioning him, but everybody knows his work. So the Net Promoter Score has been the core framework, I think, that we've all kind of, you know, really learned, understood. And his perspective as a fellow, actually, of Bain & Company is just unbelievable. And he wrote his first book in 11 years. His uh, PR agency reached out and asked if he could be a guest on Let's Talk Loyalty, and I nearly fell off the chair. So um, he is an extraordinary brain, and what I do love is actually just his love of customers. And he has a new framework in it. It's called the Earned Growth Rate, 
and what he described it as was the um, accounting twin to net promoter score. So to go back to our earlier conversation about having C-suite or board level conversations, I really think this concept of understanding the accounting is something that Fred Reichelt can do better than anyone. So thank you for uh, for mentioning it. And for anybody interested, it's episode 167 on Let's Talk Loyalty. The, the other one, selfishly, I'd throw in is, is consultants, because as you said yourself, Graham, the good thing consultants have, especially ones who specialize in loyalty, is they've seen hundreds of loyalty programs. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know how many, Adam, if you, we added up ours together, it would be many, many, many. And, you know, if you're working in one brand, you only ever see one. And if and Graham, as you know as well, you said yourself, is you've often come from another part. It's often other people that have been part of the marketing department for several years. So they'll understand the brand very well, but they perhaps don't understand loyalty particularly well. And I'd say that we can often open our eyes to a lot of different things and best practice and all the other thing. But I'm not going to go on about that too much because... People can lift up the phone and talk to us about that. Um, so just to close today, can we can we go through, just um, say two pieces of advice each about where, if you were a loyalty professional, where would you say um, to boost your learning about loyalty, what would the two pieces of advice you would give? So, uh, Graham, how, how about you start with you this time? Well, obviously, I'd be vast. I'd, I'd encourage people to get some, some form of qualification. It's an industry that doesn't have a, a qualification or up until recent years hasn't. The qualification has been experience and we can't mitigate that. Experience is the pivotal part. Um, but if we can blend it in with other elements of uh, knowledge through scholastic training, I think that's that is actually pivotal. But by and large, a lot of our experience is actually what we will learn on the job. But I think we need to be far more inquiring. So we need to inquire more. And, and I, I like the comment that you almost alluded to, Ian, earlier. We need to challenge ourselves. If we're going to love our customers, we've got to know our customers. And we can best do that through loyalty. And I think, Paula, that goes back to what you alluded to before in your comment. Sorry, Graham, and I would say the same. I, what, one of them is I, I wrote down about challenging yourselves is I would ask, if you're a loyalty professional, I would ask yourself, do you understand three things? Do you understand what is the loyalty program driving for your customers, your partners, and your company? And if you can't honestly answer those questions, then you need to answer them because ultimately that's what you need. To, that's what it's there for. Well, I suppose, Ian, on that point, and I'm sidetracking, is that more often than not, in my experience, the company was looking at the cost of the loyalty program, yeah. not the benefit, not the rewards, not the data, not whatever, because that's all they understood, the mm. cost. So it became a counter's decision, not a marketing decision, not an overall decision that affected the well-being of the business and the prosperity of the customer relationship. And hopefully we're breaking that or have broken that, but... Yeah, and I think the other point is don't be afraid to pick up the phone and talk to a colleague. Yeah, I really obviously not going to talk to one in, in a competitive environment, but you, they may learn, you may learn, and I think we're big enough and ugly enough to be able to communicate with each other. It's yeah. still a relatively small industry. Yeah, and uh, Paula, your tips. So I'll obviously give our, our show a plug. So you know we do three episodes every week of Let's Talk Loyalty. So plenty of capacity there. Over a hundred thousand plays of the show so far. And um, so I'd love people to listen. Um, and then I suppose all of the ones we've talked about. I love the Wise Marketeer. Always read the articles that come through. So like Adam said, I have a Google alert literally, literally for everything on the Wise Marketeer. 
I also love the conferences um, and to your point, Ian, the idea of who is winning the awards. So you're absolutely right, Global Flight do the one every year, but the International Loyalty Awards, for example, in London this June, um, they've already published the shortlist of finalists. So for me, I'm absolutely going and seeing who is literally, you know, global best practice in loyalty. So definitely encouraged to look at all of the award winners. So that they're my top tips. Perfect. And uh, Adam? Uh, well, I think we can never stop learning, as you say, because then it will just rot and die away. And, and, you know, whether it's through insights from research studies like I do for Love or Money or bespoke research studies, uh, CLMP, you know, education and theory. And um, and I think read, read a lot and, and, and broaden your reading. It shouldn't only be scoring points. You know, I'm reading things like The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. I'm reading Talk Triggers by Jay Bear. Um, you know, I'm reading all these different angles and insights or about the customer uh, where it just stretches the mind and then you can bring those insights into loyalty programs or communications. But the last tip that I think is you've got to keep in educating internally. Yeah. You've got to keep selling loyalty internally all the time. Never stop telling. And and it's more and, and as we've all said, it's more than the marketing department. We've got to get it into that, that, that agenda item at the top level. Um, and you know, I don't do programs unless the CEO is in my first workshop. Well, I do, but if um, if they're not there, it's a good sign. It's a bad sign. Yeah. So um, this one I had on my list about arrange lunch and learns. We used to have lunch and learns at Avios. Yeah. Um, Dun Humby used to have them. They're a really good way because often in 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 a company you've got finance and you've got marketing and you've got research yeah. and you've got all these things. They, they're like, Graham, you said the, the, the elephant, you know, the, unless they're all communicating with each other, they don't see the whole thing. And that's the best place to start because people will walk out of there, especially junior people, knowing so much more about loyalty and about their customers. And why is that not a good thing? Uh, that's amazing. I have to quickly show you a quick passion. I just ran a workshop for a client and we had 18 people from their business, from across the business in a full day workshop. Everyone participated and they could, some they could not believe how powerful and the, the, the detail behind loyalty and loyalty programs from merchandising to customer service, to finance, to product, to law, to marketing. And, you know, just think of every, every division was there. It was a beautiful thing. And I'm telling you now that in six months time, this program will be an absolute rocket. So on that teaser, we have no more time. So I'd just <laughs> like to thank you all for attending today. So please go thank Paula Thomas from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Thanks, Ian. And uh, Adam Posner from the, For Love No Money. Thanks, Adam. Uh, for Love All Money, Ian. And, and thank money. you. That's all right. It's all money or you can have both. What you want, love or money or you can have both, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I want to say thank you for coordinating this. Um, uh, you know, you've worked hard, hard, you know, very hard to get all of us from all across the world. So just a personal thank you for pushing and motivating this. So thank you very much. Yeah. No, no problem. Thanks, Adam. And uh, Graham Thompson from Lords Academy. Thank you, Graham. Thanks for the Arthur Academy. It's been a pleasure and all the best. Perfect. And thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please like, share a comment using the hashtag the Lords Podcast. And we look forward to your company again soon. Thank you and goodbye.